Welcome to Trust Me, the podcast. We are your hosts, Beth Finkel and Kiana Salucci. And we are here to share with you how we create magic in our everyday while balancing family, careers, and relationships. What is up, everyone? This is your host, Kiana and Beth, and we are here with a great new episode. This episode is very, and Beth, I'm going to speak for you. It is very, very personal to us, and we are so, so excited to share with you guys. One of our listeners a few weeks ago DM'd us and suggested some topics for us to chat about. And after doing some research, we are so happy that she shared this with us so that we can then share with you. I kind of just want to throw out there for our listeners, you know, a little bit of maybe a trigger warning, because it's a term that I think is revolutionized around motherhood. And I know that people, especially those dealing with infertility, like this episode may be a little bit triggering. And yeah. if if it is, and you know, the process of becoming a mother is a, a point of pain for you, then this might be one that you skip and come back to us. And, and that's totally okay. So drop yeah. the ball. What's what's the word here? I'm going to make Yanni say it first, because if she messes it up, <laughs> then I can say it correctly. Oh, no, I, I won't mess it up. I <laughs> web and it or not web and it. I um, Cambridge went to the dictionary. dictionary. Yeah, Cambridge Dictionary, actually. The term is matrescence. It is a fairly new term for both Beth and I. And once we dove deeper into the meaning, we were speechless. I mean, you're talking about me, Kiana, being speechless. That shit just doesn't happen. So when we dove deeper into matrescence and what it mean what it means, I feel like it pinged every part of my heart. And I felt this so hard that almost everything made sense. Everything from five years ago, my twins are five, well, we'll be five, to now just clicked. And I had that aha moment. Matrescence is the physical, emotional, hormonal, and social transition to becoming a mother. Let me back up and repeat that. The physical, emotional, hormonal, and social transition to becoming a mother. Now, we've all heard of, you know, when you are having a baby, it's all celebrated and everything is about the birth of this new baby. The new baby that you are bringing into the world, we want to make sure that the baby's healthy, has everything it needs, and everyone that's around you in your circle is there to do such. Matrescence is focusing primarily on the transition for the, for the mother into motherhood. I'm not sure if you guys have heard of this, if this was a part of your transition to becoming a mom. I know, in fact, that it wasn't for me. I dealt with what I thought was PPD for years. And even though I didn't have the symptoms of what PPD, you know, is or has, 
PPD, postpartum depression, was the only thing that I could identify with because that is the only term that I knew that happened after moms had babies and it had to do with depression. And even though none of my other thoughts, symptoms, what, what have you, was in fact PPD, it was the only thing that I felt that I could relate to in terms of the period that I was going through. So once we started to dive into matrescence and what it means, for me, it was like, holy shit, this is, this is it. This is you. This is what you've went through. This is what you're going through. And this is what you'll always continue to go through. And now I felt like I had a shine light on what it was. And now I almost feel like I have a culture, if you will, that will allow me to identify with the things that didn't make sense, that don't make sense, and probably in the future won't make sense. So I hope you guys got your AirPods, your earphones, a moment to yourself to reflect, to sit, and have us talk about the transitional period is. Immediately after when I had the twins back in 2018, I feel like when I would talk to people, I would prelude by saying, yeah, you know, I went through postpartum depression, but it wasn't this, it wasn't this, and it wasn't that. But I never knew another word for it. I never could truly identify with what was going on. But today, I can. Yeah. And I think it it gives us language to talk about the process of becoming a mother. And that was a key differentiator for me in, in stating that it's not about being a mother, which is your relationship with your child. It's the process of becoming a new. Your identity shifts to a new thing. And what does that look like? You know, it is- I... I think it's the transition, that transition, that gray area from who you were before. And I think we talked about this in our third episode of Who Are You? And even when we talked about then, we didn't know about this word, right? So it, it kind of, it, it's funny how everything comes full circle and it's kind of like closing the gap a little bit, but it's the transition period that no one, and when I mean no one, I mean, mothers, grandmothers, aunts, no one talks about. And no fault to them. I just think they don't talk about it because they don't know about it. Yeah. So we are talking about it today with hopes that this will allow you to identify with something. It would allow you to understand that what you have gone through, what you are going through, what you will go through, right? Because there's no time limit on this, that it will help you get through this journey. And that's what we're here today for, to share with you what we've come up with and what we understand what matrescence is and how we navigate through that. Let's start with sort of what we know to be true. So when I had Nicholas, my first baby, my biggest baby in 2013, I was living in South Florida. South Florida is heavy uh, Cuban... Uh, culture there, lots of um, love for female, for mother, uh, very different than than what I 
what I would find here on the East Coast. So when I was pregnant, you know, in their uh, culture, in the Cuban culture, the minute you say something out loud that you need, they have to do it for you. So for example, I would be at work with all of these Cuban women and I would say, oh, you know, I really need, you know, a piece of chocolate after lunch. It would just show up on my desk. Or I could say, oh, I have to go down to the cafeteria, get a spoon for my yogurt. It would just show up on my desk because they go out of their way to pamper you because of this transition that you're starting to embark on. Hmm. Fast forward, you know, had Nicholas quickly thereafter. Um, when I was pregnant with my second child was moving back to Pennsylvania, you know, in hopes of finding this village that that I heard about that I felt um, in in that culture and in South Florida. And the minute that I popped the baby out, it was no longer about are you resting? Are you taking care of yourself? Are you moving your body? It was is the baby sleeping? Are you doing this? Is the baby this? And I think in our society, we fast forward over the process of what that looks like and how that utterly rocks you to your core when you become a mother. We are we often see it as the birth of the baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you or any of our listeners out there, but I have never heard it described as the rebirth of a woman or the evolution of our being. Never. I've never. never. It has always been the birth of a baby. And there was never any attention, you know, toward the renew of this woman that has just given birth. And again, in episode three, we talked about saying goodbye to a person that you were. And I remember telling you that, like I I was struggling with that because I love this person and I did not understand. And when I had the twins, I was like, I, I was saying earlier, I was saying like, hey, I, I'm, I think I'm going through postpartum depression. But when I would go to my checkups and they would say, you know, do you feel safe at home? I'm like, yeah. Do you... You know, is it hard for you to get dressed and get ready for, you know, your day? I'm like, no. Do you want to harm your baby? No. But that was the only term that I knew to describe what I was going through because I knew that postpartum depression usually came immediately after having babies and Mm -hmm. that it came with depression and it came with feeling sad and all those things. But I wasn't. I was indeed sad at certain things, but I wasn't the fact that I wanted to harm my baby or I couldn't get myself together or I didn't want to be here or any of those feelings. So today I feel almost relieved, like, oh my gosh, I wasn't crazy. I wasn't just making these things up in my head. This was real. This matrescence is real. And now I, you know, especially for, you know, mothers that have gone through what I, I've gone through or are dealing with it right now or mothers to be. Now you can know that there is a a whole culture. I want to call matrescence as like a culture because there's it it's almost like the bridge that gaps yeah you from who you were to who you're becoming. The way that I thought about matrescence was it, it it made me feel like there was a bigger 
container to belong in that would help me to travel this journey. When I had Nicholas, I remember clearly looking at him in the hospital and weeping, thinking, what did I just do? You know, Mike didn't want to have a baby so soon after we got married. You know, I wanted to have a baby right away. Obviously, I got my way. (laughs) We know how these things happen. (laughs) And I remember distinctly thinking, why did I do this? Like this humongous identity shift just happened. And I did this to myself, right? Like I put this in front of my life. And then even bringing him home from the hospital, it took a good six weeks until like, I remember looking at him in straight in the eyes and it probably took about six weeks. till I felt connected to him as my baby. And it, and so now this container of matrescence gives me language of what I was going through. I was being reborn as a person. My identity was changing. I didn't, it was a place I had never been before, but what society was telling me is you're not connecting with your baby. You have postpartum depression. You know, you should be doing this. You should be doing that. And so it created a lot of fear. Like, I can't believe, like, I don't, I'm not loving being a mom, you know? Like, I loved him as a baby, but it took me a good six weeks until I connected and made eye contact with him on the changing table that I felt love for him, like love between us. And sometimes that that's like, you can feel guilty, especially for the moms that have struggled to get pregnant. Can you, yeah. like... That's like a, on a whole different level. If you struggle to get pregnant and you finally, the your dreams are, are coming true, you're holding this baby, you, you are a mother and you're feeling this way. Yeah. That and, has to be a I really wanna, hard feeling. I want to key in on, on the word guilt because I think you're absolutely right. I feel like so often, and we talk a lot about great being grateful and and training our brain. And and we've talked about that in some of our early episodes, but we don't want to use the phrase. I should be grateful as a mechanism to bully ourselves or to gaslight ourselves. We can have both. You, you teed up duality. We can be grateful, but in the same exact moment, feel like we're crawling out of our skin. I feel like they coexist to be just because something is difficult right now does not mean that it can't, that it can't bring you joy later, you know? And I feel like we have to understand that, that like motherhood, it fulfills me, you know, in particular in so many ways. It's not all peachy keen. There are really, really, really hard days and there are really, really, really good days. And those two things can coexist. It doesn't have to be either hard or peachy. Becoming a mother was a brand new identity and a whole other layer of keeping up with what is expected of us. Yep. As mothers, but then also as women, which is a separate identity. Being a female, being a woman is a different identity than being a mother. I think as career-driven people, um, and, and you know, we're speaking from experience, it can be really hard, especially when you're thriving in your career, you're really confident in that area and in your knowings. And 
you come home to motherhood. And this is something that like naturally you may not be good at. Um, it could be something that doesn't come easy for you, but this is something that you're forced to kind of master behind closed doors. Yeah. And portray this image of what it really is. But and I why think it could be you have to master it behind closed doors. That's no, you shouldn't. Question. You shouldn't have to. And I think that's the point. You shouldn't have to. Yeah. But we're made society, I feel like, makes us to believe that you should. Like you're a mom. You're meant you're built to do this. You know, how many times have you heard that? Oh, you're built to do this. You got this. This is something that's going to come natural. When you hold your baby for the first time, everything else just comes. And it's like, does it? It doesn't. <laughs> you know, like, does it? False. But that's what you're made to believe. And no one talks about, again, matrescence, this transitional period. And it can be very, very, very difficult. Again, like I said, like if you are confident in your career and the things that you do to come home and to be around a lifestyle that you're not comfortable with, that you're, you don't have that much control, you don't know, uh, you know, too much of, that can be hard understanding that being a mom and becoming that superhero doesn't come easy and we have to give ourselves grace and understand that like for some people they might walk into motherhood and start acing it and loving it and it and it works and everything is just flowing but they might have issues or troubles later when you know the baby becomes a toddler and that might be the years and the time that's harder and vice versa it might not be that thing that comes natural and that things that that thing that you have to um you later find like oh you know taller years are a little bit easier for me i had to kind of like wean myself into this new lifestyle for me what's coming up is just again culture and you know I, i'm gonna talk a little bit about the cuban culture because that's where i was in south florida when i had my first baby and it's a mix of the old world and the new world the new world being what what you're sharing is like what we're kind of told to do it behind closed doors, grit and bear, figure it out. You can do this. And the, the old world being, let me help you, that traditional village, like, let me take this burden off of you. I know that you're struggling, even if it's in small micro moments. So I did definitely feel that that old world culture when I was in South Florida, and then a distinct difference when I came back to Pennsylvania. And that individualistic culture, I think happens because we don't really have a lot of rituals to notate us becoming mothers. Like, can you think of one ritual that your family did, you know, outside of just a baby shower, right? I was going to say a baby shower. But that's really for the baby. Like I don't, what, I can't think what of one. is one ritual that, that we do? I, I I'm drawing a blank. Yeah. Like I know in South Florida, there's a ritual of buying her soft linens to wear, you know, buying her, um, soft clothes to deliver the baby in having meal trains, meal trains. And, and I do see that sometimes here. Yeah, I guess I did. I was just thinking that I did. I did have friends that did that, that brought over meals, which was amazing. 
Yeah. But that was but it. But they probably, they last a week or so, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right enough time. And, and they're great and I love them. But what I'm saying is there are some rituals in other cultures where that lasts much longer to mm-hmm. show the female that she is seen that her body has just been wrecked and ravished and will continue to be, you know, at least for the first couple of years after having that baby, Um, especially if you're breastfeeding and doing all of those things, lack of sleep, your body is just not as nourished as it should be. Yeah. Um, So it just, it, it feels like they're in a way for me, this notion of matrescence feels like a bright light that so many women could use. I feel like too, like when you're you're going through the early stages of motherhood, I know we spoke, spoke a lot about identity so far, but that identity, that new person that is birth. And we go through a similar situation um, or similar time period when we are, you know, in the adolescent years and we are come, you know, going from being a child to becoming an adult. We go through those same notions. We forget. I don't know what it feels like anymore, but it's the same hormonal, uh, mm-hmm. physical, you know, everything. So like mental, social. So I I feel like we've we've ha- we have to look at it that way. Like this is a transition, and we've had a lot of other transitional periods, but this is the one that's not really spoke on. Right and as you get older and now that women are evolving they're having babies you know older than what they were i think matrescence is something that sustained yeah there's this phenomena of the progressive women yes and and, and that is correct we have progressed and we do have ability to accomplish many many things but everything we say yes to there's a no on that other end and and in the term of matrescence that no a lot of times is neglecting yourself and who you are i think it's more so we have to tell ourselves and i know that when i was pregnant with both the twins and with indy i remember especially with the twins when people would say you know you know sleep now you're not gonna be able to sleep you're not gonna be able to travel when you have those babies you can't travel you're not gonna be able to do the things you want say goodbye to your friends you're not and all of these things and i remember feeling like why are they projecting these negative inner dis- negative energy onto me so what i did was responded like oh well you know what when i have kids i'm still going to go out and have friends and and party with my friends or i'm still going to um, travel the world and do the things that I want. I'm still going to be able to get up and go. I'm just going to take my baby with all these things. And I, it was just a a response. Yeah. And what I had to realize is that like, and I think this was a very, very difficult thing that I had this perception of what it was going to be. And then I had the babies. I had the twins and I was like, oh, I can't just get up and go. Yeah. I can't just do the things I want to. I can't. And it almost put me in a depressive state because in my head it was like, I can't do any of the things that I love to do. Yeah. It's an unknowing. 
of it's yourself. unknowing. And if you get stuck in that place of, I can't do any of the things that I love to do, that's enough to kind of shut you down. Yeah. Yeah. But in fact, you have to look at it like there are seasons. And when you are walking into this new stage of your life, there will be things that might be put on pause. There might be things that, you know, you might learn that you don't even like to do anymore. It is a whole new being. You are a whole new self. And you're not less than because you're some not of those less things than. have gone dormant. Some yep. of those things naturally are going to go dormant because you have to make space for other things. Yep. One and thing for that- me. So when I... This is probably going back to 2018, right after I had Harper. Three babies in at this point, right? So imagine just, and we had a lot of struggle getting pregnant with her. Um, We can kind of save that for another episode, but there was a lot at stake getting pregnant with her. It took us, you know, a good year and a half and, you know, had her and, you know, I never really... um, recovered from that process and and grieved uh, on what it really took to go through the highs and the lows of infertility especially unexplained infertility for me because I already had two babies so the fact that I was having trouble getting pregnant with her you know was traumatic in a lot of ways so I had her, you know, I tried on this persona of like, you should be grateful, get yourself together, get the snap back going, trying to do all the things, be a, a mother to three kids, be social. And I literally was spinning out of control. Yeah. There was just not the ability to have all of these identities loud and proud at that time. I remember I went out to a wine tasting with my girlfriends And it was probably off of, you know, that first nine months of, you know, I think Harper was probably six months. So, you know, you're not sleeping for those six months. You're not, you're just not sleeping. You're exhausted. Um, And I'm like, you know, I'm going out. I'm going to do this for me. I'm going to try on, you know, I, I remember I got dressed cute. I like did my hair. I probably had like, you know, a handful glasses of wine. And passed out on the couch of my friend's event. Literally fell asleep in the middle of the event. And I beat myself up over this for months afterwards. How could you do this? You know, you're irresponsible. You're breastfeeding a baby. Now with time and being able to look back on on that piece for me and that time that lived experience for me it kind of makes perfect sense that that happened to me I was literally exhausted feeding a baby from my body and then you add socialization and trying to look cute and alcohol like it it's probably exactly what's gonna happen well you're probably and you were probably in that phase of two of trying to figure out because you knew that before you could do these things. You could go have wine. You could go do the social thing. You can, you know, you could do all those things. And then now when you're walking into this new phase, it's like, 
you're not sure where you belong. It's so true. I didn't feel like I belonged. These women were, you know, their kids were a little bit older. Like I'm like still going to the bathroom to pump, you know, and then coming back, lugging a breast pump with me and, you know, leaking and trying to look cute and drink wine and kiki and have fun. But it's just was too much. Like, and, and that to me was really hard because I felt like, well, if I can't go out and have a good time and be successful at that, then what is left for me? And I thought that I deserved it, quote unquote. I deserve it. I deserve a girl's day out. But what I really need in that moment, needed in that moment, was rest. But i that's not something I was allowing myself to have. And I think because you're almost going through identity crisis. Yeah. Like you, you're trying to keep up because all at that point, all you're doing is mothering. Every second, every minute, every bit of energy is going to some sort of mothering. Rather, you know, you're feeding the baby, you're washing the clothes, you're doing this, you're getting set, you're getting set up for the next big moment of that day. So your mothering is is what is at the forefront of your life. So for you, even going out to have that drink, you were trying to find yourself in yeah. all of this. And I think the biggest thing even with me, is I kept saying to myself, oh my gosh, I just want to go back to 2016. I remember I felt so good then. Yeah. I remember I was doing X, Y, and Z. I remember the feeling of that. And once you go down that road, it is hard to come back. And you have to you have to realize that there isn't a, a back button to this. There's no back button. This is one way. This is one way. And learning how to pivot can just decrease the feeling of resistance to this new life that you that you have yeah that new identity that you're crafting you know something that i tell myself or i would go back and tell myself honestly is you know and for anyone sort of in this season of life that's struggling right now something yeah. i would recommend doing is creating some affirmations for yourself um, so something I would have told myself then is, you know, I'm doing the best I can. I've never been here before. And with each new thing, like I try to reinforce that. Like I've never been a mom to two kids before I'm doing the best that I can. And this has helped me to forgive my own parents. Even they were growing up as people and into new identities as they were raising us. And they were doing the best that they can. They had never been there before either. There's built-in feedback loops around what we're doing wrong and how we're not keeping up with society or in society's way of right and good. But there are not built-in feedback loops to tell us we're doing a good job. To the point that, you know, I was just with my husband Mike's aunt um, a few days ago over Easter weekend. And she made a comment about, you know, how well balanced our kids were and that, you know, they're great kids and I'm doing a good job. And and I will tell you, it, it wasn't natural to hear that. Like my gut was kind of like, are you just saying that to be nice or because you feel like you have to? And she said, you know, 
And I said to her, like, that feels really good to hear. Like, I don't hear that a lot. And she goes, I just want you to hear that because it's not easy. They're in a new place. They don't have their stuff here. You know, there's four of them. And I just want you to know you're doing a really good job as their mom. Wow. And I get emotional thinking about that because we don't have those feedback loops to hear that. And we're taught to just keep the hard behind closed doors. And and I think just even you and I having this podcast about becoming a mother and building a community, like mothering out loud, yeah, is just a strategy that we as women can use for each other to normalize the reality. You know, going back to the social narrative and, you know, for the moms out there that, you know, went back to work after having a baby. And I feel like it's like you were talking about the achievements. There aren't really, I don't want to say there aren't any achievements, but I feel like when you're, when you're in motherhood, it's, you don't really know (laughs) that what you're doing or how you're doing is good or great until your child grows up. So that's something that you'll see almost like a lot later, almost like this masterpiece of what you sculpted, but it's not instant gratification. Right. No. Um, But with work, it can be, if you are performing well and you are, you know, getting those promotions and raises, it's like, that's, that's the achievement. That's the, that's what you're seeing and or feeling after going for something. And when you're, when you're mothering, it's, it's not necessarily that feeling there's, there's very, very little achievements while you're going through it. And you don't even know how it's going to turn out until way later. So that the validation isn't there. Um, And that can be hard. And it's not natural. Like, just think about, you know, if you're at a cocktail party with your girlfriends, like a girl's night, you don't necessarily, the first thing that you say is like, oh, my child with ADHD, like had an impulsive meltdown and, you know, threw mail all over the house. Like, that's not the first thing you're, you're going to put out into the universe. You're more likely going to be like, wow, he's read 37 books and, you know, he's reading it on the sixth grade reading level. And, you know, he's not great at baseball, but it's in him. You know, these are the narratives that we we have been taught to put out there to glorify instead of normalize the messiness and the hardness of trying to figure out how to become a mother. Yeah. And be, even be decent at it. And just be honest with yourself that life does change after having a baby. Mm-hmm. It will change. It will change the person that you are going to become. You don't walk out the same person as you did when you walked in. Sometimes letting go of the future, letting go of the plans that you had in store because your world will come crushing down on you when none of the things that you either love doing, the places you love going, even the future place where you've seen yourself works out. You have to be able to pivot and understand that this is a new, everything that I'm dealing with, everything that I am 
is brand new. And knowing that now is you, you don't have to be alone. There is a community of women that feel the same way you do. There are terms to describe, ex, you know, describe exactly how you're feeling. I feel like for me um, with Indy, this, the second time around was a little bit easier because I had a little bit more insight. I understood of, you know, I knew a place that I was and I never wanted to go back there. So I almost combated that with therapy and other things to help me navigate through this new way. Um, but I had to be more open and I didn't have as much change during the transition of becoming a mom as I did with the twins. Mm-hmm. Because when I was pregnant with the twins, I didn't think that my whole world would change. I didn't think that, and this is me planning my future, right? I didn't think that, you know, I was going to give birth to Ike and Zara. And then, gosh, six months later, I was selling my house and moving to a different state. That was not in my plan. So I think that because it wasn't all of the, and I didn't know how to pivot, all of the things that I love doing, you know, being at the salon every day, working the thing that I was confident in, the thing that I love so much, uh, family, my friends, my house that I've nested, none of those things were going with me to this new life. Yeah. And I fell in a rut. And I'm so happy or so grateful now that I've learned from that experience and having ND allowed me to combat some of those emotions. But even now, knowing that like matrescence doesn't have a timeline, right? It's not like, oh, you go through this period and last about six months. And then after that, you're done. You know everything there is to know about parenting. You know, you won't ever fail again. This is it. That's not how it, how it is. This is something that's going to last you. You're going to be in this transitional period for a very long time. It's so true. And I, I'm just being drawn to say, you know, you, you're saying pivot. And I think in order to pivot, we have to have a mechanism to identify what's going on with us. Mm-hmm. And we can go back to some of our early episodes when we talk about values. But I think it's really important for everyone that's listening to identify what those things are that fuel you. So for me, you know, I know that self-care can look different to everybody and we can talk about that a little bit, but physical self-care is huge for me. Before having kids, I was running marathons, you know, spending a lot of time exercising and it's just not in the cards for me now. So I, I had to start thinking about it that it's got to be good enough. Even if it's 20 minutes of a walk versus five miles of a run, it's still something that I value, that I need, that fuels me. And that has to be good enough. And I have to stop thinking of that little 20 minutes as, you know, less than because it's what's available to me. For me, I'm a such a social person. And there's things that I knew the second time around. If you went in thinking that, hey, I'm still going to have that hour and a half at the gym like I did before I had kids. You're only putting yourself in a place where isn't real isn't your reality anymore. Yeah, already a detriment. Already, already. So 
maybe it won't be that hour and a half. Maybe it'll just be that 45 minutes. Maybe it's 15 minutes. Maybe it's 20 minutes, but being realistic about where you are currently will help you navigate through this new life. Um, for me, it's like, I, I'm a social person. I love hanging out. I love, you know, my girls trips. They're yeah. my thing. That's non-negotiable. I love spending time with the people that serve me. That can be, you know, I've done gosh, trips to Mexico. That's, you know, overnight trips, long weekend trips, five day trips, whatever that may look like. And depending on what stage in life they are, they're, they're always going to change. You know, I know that my kids are getting really into sports and that takes up a lot of our time. So maybe yeah. my girls' trips will look differently, but I know for a fact that is my feel good. That makes me feel good when I get to just find my true self, that Yanni that's in there. It's not even Kiana. I think it's Yanni. <laughs> that Yanni that's in there because she's, she's there, you know? So like when I get to tune into Yanni, oh my gosh it serves me in ways that I can't explain. And I almost come back recharged in the sense of like, okay, that fueled me. I'm good. I think what's important there is that you feel no guilt about that. You know that that is something that you need. And you you take that trip in whatever capacity that's available to you. And you don't slice and dice it and try to mix and match it with other things going on. And you take that time that you need. And then you can come back refreshed. I think that so is my often. Feel good. Yeah, but how many times, and you've probably heard this, like, oh, don't you feel guilty leaving the kids? Oh, you know, how's Dan going to handle the kids? He, you does, know? he does just fine. He does great. <laughs> he does great. Like, yeah. And but I think that's the thing, like differentiating between guilt, guilt, I think, is when we take an obligation for ourselves, for a personal code of conduct, and we cross cross it. That's guilt. Yeah. But I think what people actually really experience is not guilt. It's actually fear of what other people will think of them. And I've learned to literally like not bottle that. What other people think of me isn't my problem, isn't my issue, and it isn't for me to figure out. I've learned that. When yeah. that's a boundary. That's a boundary. Like my lifestyle of living dual state and going here, that didn't agree with so many people. They were like, How can you do that? This is too much. You're you're but for me, it made sense in my journey to do the things that was necessary. It made sense. That was my transition to my life now. So I do. My girls' trips, my time, my even my date nights with Dan, they are a must. My relationship with him, I ha we had to keep strong. We had to keep strong. We had to do the things that we love. The you know, we enjoy drinking good wine and going to dinner. Yeah. We love dancing. Like that's our jam. Like I remember and it hasn't happened in like I would say the last year, but like we made sure we were like, we're gonna go out and dance. This makes us feel good. And we did. 
there was plenty of times where we would go out and just dance the night away and have those those times and that experience together because those were the times that made us yeah feel the best but so here's the thing though you probably could map that back to your values of being you know explorative creative you know there's a value there that it connects directly to um the other thing too is just for anyone listening you know we're not trying to give you a prescription of what you should do x y and z we're giving you a buffet of options like just think of like self-care as a buffet like there's many domains to self-care there's intellectual physical emotional spiritual right and probably there's some people that are really heavy on physical not as heavy on spirit you need them all and so the best advice i could give anyone listening today is to map out what those pieces are and to really start identifying the the limiting stories around self-care things like i should be grateful or self-care is selfish or you know you know, I don't deserve this. Truly, like in science, we know that self-care is a conduit to performance. Matter doesn't move without energy. Like we know this through science. And so if you are not investing in yourself, and it doesn't have to be massive amounts of time every day, little micro moments, then you are never going to be in a state of flourishing. You just can't. I agree 100%. And just knowing that seasons last a very short time and only you know what you need. Do the things that make you feel good. You won't have the time. You have to make the time. When we started the podcast, it was the same thing. You know, at, at first I'm like, how am I going to have the time? Now I'm going to add something else to my plate. I, um, mm-hmm. you know, I have the kids and I have this and I have that. Like, how am I going to, how am I going to have the time to do, do this? And it's like, no, 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 no. You don't have the time. You just make the time. And I carved out because this right here is my feel good. Having these conversations being related, you know, relative and trying to build this community of women that understand that what motherhood is, what being entrepreneur is, with existing in this life feels like. That makes me feel good. That's how I identify my new life as being. So know that like these hard times, these confusing times, these l- the times where you're literally staring at yourself and trying to figure out who the hell are you? Yeah. It lasts a short period of time. And this is the time where you become curious again, where you start introducing even new things. There are going to be old things that you're going to pick up that you're like, you know what? I love this. I, 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 I will continue to love that. This is coming with me in my new life. And there are a lot of things that you're going to drop. Mm-hmm. People, places, and things. Don't be afraid during this transition to try new things. Put yourself out there. Do the things that scare you. And welcome this new way of being, this new life. Welcome it with open arms. And it's not going to be perfect. And these transitional periods will continue to happen. 
And there will never be a time where you feel like you've mastered it and you got it and you're finally at that point where it all makes sense. Yeah, we are constantly evolving. It's a, a container. container. We're constantly evolving. The good times become easier. The easier times become harder. This is what it's all about. But having a community to share these times with and to help you get over these hurdles that you go through, they call it motherhood for a reason. It's not meant to be, you know, walk through solo dolo. Mm-hmm. It is, it, it takes a community. And that is what we are trying to provide. And you can't forget about you, like you in the process of all of that. You know, I know self-care has kind of been inflated as a term, you know, and and we need to reclaim that as a term because self-care is an act of doing. It's an act of doing for ourselves, which brings us to that elevated state of being that you're talking about. If I'm doing my micro moments of self-care and things for me that I need, that allows me to be calm, be creative, be happy, be clear. Being just doesn't happen. You have to put things in place to get to that elevated state. Being willing to pivot, being willing to, you know, say goodbye to that old person. Like I said before, this is a one-way street. There's no back buttons. You will never go back to being that person that you were. And if you have that mindset, you'll never flourish. Yeah. It's such an important topic because not only are the identities shifting, you know, and becoming a new, where some of them are going dormant, some of them are being revived, some of them are brand spanking new, physiological becoming a mother, you change and you continue to change. And I just love the point that you made earlier and just to kind of underscore the duality piece. So I kind of think of it as a both and both slash and paradox. And yeah. it can be both hard and fulfilling. It can be both messy and clear. And I think once we state that we give ourselves a level of permission to not know exactly what the next step is. But maybe ask someone to clarify for us or maybe ask someone to help us because that's the other thing. We are so reluctant as mothers to to put our hand out and ask for help. It's yeah. not an easy thing to do. I struggle with that still. I don't want to look less than. I don't want to look like I don't have it figured out. And in fact, I don't have it figured out. It's a lot of days a hot ass mess. Girl, I don't think any of us have it figured out. We are all just doing what it, what makes sense to us. And it looks different for each and every one of us. We all live different lives. You know, I told that story about Mike's aunt who told me, you know, you're doing a really good job. And honestly, what I said back to her was, it takes a lot of work. And thank you. It's But it's not easy. Whereas, you know, maybe in another conversation, I would have just kind of taken it like and, and showed the the Instagram version, right? Like, oh, thank you. Of course, they're great. The filtered you know? version. The filtered version. But like, I felt like in that genuine moment of connection, I said, thank you. Like, I'm really receiving that because it's not easy. Every day is hard. And it feels good to get that validation. And like we yeah. talked about those achievements that you don't really see 
in motherhood. And when someone else from the outside looking in is saying like, Beth, you were doing a great job. And, you know, going back to sort of that feedback loop, putting yourself in circles where you can get not just the validation, but you can get a pulse check where you can actually communicate, whether it be with a partner, whether it be with a spouse, a, a group of friends, family, get yourself in a community where you can get a validated pulse check on how you are doing, even if it's not well. There's yeah. only progress that can be made when you identify a gap. And if you haven't heard, you are doing great in a long time, or if no one has is seeing that, and you sometimes aren't feeling that, just know, girl, I see you. This isn't an easy road. This can be challenging, but just know what you have gone through, what you continue to go through will set you up for the next challenge. Yeah. Because now that next level of hard, you may be able to combat through. You may be able to, you know, get through it easier, faster. So just understand that like what you are going through right now or what you have gone through is just a layer of armor that is getting, you know, getting you ready. Yeah. And almost in a way, you know, you want to be able to take that armor off and that's by connecting with the people around you and healing out loud. I always say, you know, when you heal out loud and you share your struggles out loud as a mother, that becomes someone who hasn't been there before that becomes their playbook. Right. But you have to be vulnerable and you have to, even if it's in a small group or one-on-one, -on -one, just try on being a little bit vulnerable and allowing that armor to come off. Mm -hmm. And write down and put the things that make you feel good in the forefront. And it might not look like what you want it to look like in the beginning. I love but that. You'll get there. You'll I love get that. There. But having an idea of those things will carry you through the, the not so good days, the not so good times. It's like saying goodbye temporarily, but picking those things up in this new life. And that's what's going to carry you. Yeah. And get used to trying on, you know, some power phrases like, you know, for me, one thing that I have really been, I think, consistent on is I, I used to say I'm sorry a lot. Like if I couldn't meet the needs of someone or something, I would say I'm sorry. And I, I'm thinking of an example recently where I had a work thing to go to. Or no, I actually had a it was dinner with you, actually, Yanni. <laughs> I was going to dinner with you on kind of a hectic night. You know, we get very limited in-person time together and I wasn't going to go home in between work and having dinner with you. And I started texting out, you know, a text to Mike, like, do you mind if I just go straight from work to dinner with Yanni? And then I deleted that and it's like, I'm sorry I couldn't come home to help you with the kids before I go to, and then I deleted that. And I'm like, I'm going to dinner with Yanni straight from work. And that's my boundary. Like, I don't want to feel bad about that. 
Mike could do that as well. You know, it's been planned in advance. So why am I sorry about that? I'm not sorry about that. I'm going to dinner with Yanni straight from work. That's my boundary. And that's what I need. And so I think even getting some of our language correct is it, it may feel like too assertive for some people, but it's actually just creating a boundary that will protect whatever that being is that you're trying to achieve. Going into motherhood naturally, guys, it's just going to look different. It's going to yeah. look different for everyone. Matrescence isn't a one-size-fits-all. It is something that is going to be different for every person. Everyone, and we all know this, doesn't start at the same starting line. So there is, there's going to be different things that just know that you have a community of people here that have unwrapped this, for us, new word, this new term. Yeah, straight from a listener saying, you know, did you think about this? And we don't know everything there is to know about everything. The goal is to continue to evolve. I have this quote that I, when I was researching for this episode, it says, becoming a mother leaves no woman as it found her. It unravels her and rebuilds her. It cracks her open. It takes her to her edges. It's both beautiful and brutal, often at the same time. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That quote, by the way, is by Nikki McKahan. I'll link that up in the show notes. But as Yanni shared, as I concur, we see you and we're here for you. And, you know, if this brought up any emotions um, for you, as it did for me, clearly, you know, emotions don't define you. If this was hard to hear or hard to be in in this discussion, know that emotions are fleeting and they don't define you. We just have to find pathways through them. Things like self-care and friendship and connection and talking. Um, but don't get stuck in the emotion if it's hard and, and start to really advocate for what you need to move through some of that hard would be the best advice I could give today. This too shall pass. These hard times don't, they're not hard forever. Creating a life for yourself is the ultimate thing you can do. And understanding that change is good. Hold on to the things that you love that serve you and let go of the things that don't. Be open to new things. Find your community. That's Find where your the tribe. magic happens. That's where the magic happens. Following Trust Me on Instagram at Trust Me underscore the underscore podcast. Be a part of this tribe. And if you have any topics that you want us to, to discuss, feel free to DM us. Let us know. Give us feedback. Like us. Subscribe to our podcast. And we'll talk Take to you soon. Take care of yourself.